I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris Rydell, actor and now podcast host, I guess. Um, That guy you've seen on a million TV shows and movies, but you still do not know my name. And I'm David Allen Bache, actor and sometimes producer, and you also recognize me from lots of films and TV shows, but you probably couldn't name one of them right now if I paid you to. The two of us and our guests are going to let you in on some secrets on how to make it as an actor and share some private stories from the many movies and TV shows that we've worked on. That's right. We're going to interview a special guest each week, and we'll get their best advice and wisdom for you about how to break into this business and how to stay in it. And yes, again, there will be stories, stories, stories. So, let's get to it. This is Confessions of a Working Actor. Okay, so last week we heard my origin story, but Chris, Chris, Chris Rydell, can you give our listeners the quick version of how you got started in this wacky business? Well... Let's just say I grew up around a bunch of actors. My mother was an actress. My father was an actor. My mom, as a, you know, as a kid, I would see her on you know streets of San Francisco and mm. Barnaby Jones and Chips and mm. Charlie's Angels and Hawaii Five O and she was in Star Trek and Twilight Zone. What was your mom's name? My mom was Joanne Linville. Mm. And she did over 200 shows, you know. She was wow. one of those. Right, we'd go to the, to the market, you know, and there were always people f- stopping her, you know, and telling her how much they loved her in this show. I don't know that anybody ever really knew her name. But she was actually a really amazing actress. If you watch her on, on a few things, you, you'll be blown away. Mm. You know, best friends with Marlon Brando, studied with Stella Adler. Wow. My father was a soap star in the 50s when, you know, it was live TV, was in Crime in the Streets with John Cassavetes and James Whitmore, you know, acted opposite James Dean in some crazy TV shows when they first started, and, you know, went on to be a director, directed John Wayne, Steve McQueen, James Caan and a bunch of stuff, Henry Fonda, Catherine Everett. So I was surrounded around two crazy actor artists. Mm. And that'll do it. I didn't think there was any other way. You know, I went to study theater at Yale for a minute with John Hammond and Earl Gister. I went to SUNY Purchase and studied theater with Joan Potter. I came back to LA 
in my late teens and early 20s and studied at the loft. And, and I just, you know, as a kid, I had been, my father, you know, made me do some stuff in some films. So, you know, he'd be like, you know, you're doing this scene, you know, and I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, right. and I got because the book. He was, because he was directing. He was directing these films right. and he'd be like, you're going to be in this scene. And I'd be like, I don't, I don't want to be in the scene with Henry Fonda <laughs> and Catherine Hepburn, oh, you know, like. Wait like, a minute, wait I, a minute. That, um, so that must have been on Golden Pond. Yeah, that was on Golden Pond. Dude. So, you know, but, you know, I, it was two hours in front of the camera, you know. Right. And my dad's just like, wear your clothes you're wearing and, and get out there and just, you know, be yourself, you know, be, <laughs> be an asshole, you know. <laughs> And I just got the bug. Actually, the honest truth was, you know, I had done a couple scenes with when I was eight years yeah. old, 10 years old with, with James Caan. But I, Whoa. you know, Henry Fonda turned to me and he said, you think it's funny being old? And it was about six months before he died. Oh. And, and no one had ever been that honest with me in any scene. Like, I was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. I was just, I was stunned. Yeah. You know, my heart just stopped. Like, it was like, I was just reading lines and he just wow. turned and it was like full of so much life. And, wow. and, and I thought to myself, that's what I want to do. And there you have it. And um, then basically that's, that's my, you know. That's amazing. And I, so I grew up around two crazy actors and I yep. guess, you know, we're about to interview two people that just, are married. I was just going to say, speaking of, speaking of two crazy actors, uh, this week we're actually talking to two of them, wonderfully crazy, crazy like Fox, both of them. And so because there's two guests this week, we will expect double the wisdom and double the advice and double the fun. So he's been in a whole bunch of things, a veteran theater actor, Chicago Fire, Instinct, Good Wife, lots of shows. She's been in dozens of TV shows, including Boss with Kelsey Grammer and a whole bunch of other things. We're going to get into it. Also a seasoned New York theater actor. And and Chris, you said they're married to each other. Is that right? That's what I heard. Hopefully still married. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, Jenny. Welcome, Chris. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. So we have we have hey. Jenny, Jenny Mudge and Chris Kofi. Coffee. <laughs> I love Kofi. Only that, one other that, person calls him Kofi. That's true. Yeah, there's one, only one other yeah, person. Yeah. But no, it is it is coffee, like like what you might drink in the morning. All right. Well, we'll or all day long. We'll go with that because that sounds more caffeinated but for us. I mean, so that's perfect. Kofi, I, I somehow I feel kind of. It, it yeah, it's recently it's been a thing. Ring to it. I know it, yeah, does. it does. Sounds a little French or a little exotic, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, Chris, we, I love, I love that origin story we just were listening to. Incredible. Oh yeah. Well, you know, as a young boy, it was a crazy life I I led with two. They loved to argue. My parents were passionate about everything, mm. and, and <laughs> you know. Fought tooth and nail until my mom. My mom actually crossed the Rainbow Bridge about a year ago, and you know they fought until the day they died. It was amazing. <laughs> Their love language, but they didn't have to fight about self tapes, right? I'm assuming they were. No, they didn't right. have to do that. That's right. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. What you guys fight about self tapes? Wait a minute. Let's get into what this. Do you what, mean? what are you even talking about? Who? All right, Chris and Jenny. Which one of you is easier to work with? With shooting a self-tape audition at home? 
I know. I know we have uh, we have no video. I know, but you should have seen the look on Jenny's face just now. Um, yes, <laughs> no, we just finished one. We just long. finished one, and she is a one take wonder. Mm. So in that way, not a good take. In that one. way, expediency is the thing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as a reader, I have to you know try and keep up with her. I'm not even on camera. Yeah, he's that's... very, very and I'm patient the guy with who... me when I am reporting. He's less patient with me when he is reporting. I would, you know, because it's about because you're, you know, you're very generous on right. on the as the reader. I like to take many takes, I'm not, and I I'm and I don't feel necessarily like the first five are are good ones. I'm just kind of warming up in a way, and right. she's like, "Aren't we done yet?" Well, see, that's the thing. My wife says. When she's a reader with me, because I'm also married to an actor, she says after that fifth one, when I'm just feeling I'm warmed up, she's like, you should have done those five without me. You should have done those in your head and been ready to go mm. the second we turned on the camera. And I was like, whoa, okay, Mr. Demille. Jeez, okay. <laughs> right. I I mean, I'm kind of maybe of a similar mindset, but mostly because I, it's such torture personally to do them. So I'm just like, how can I make this as, as quick as possible? That's really right. for my own ones that I, that I'm just like, how can I, how can I just make this be as small a part of my day as possible? And you're right. Cause you want to make it as painless as possible yeah. for the reader. And so in that way, yeah, there is some truth to sort of being as prepared as possible mm. prior to actually having somebody <laughs> step in and help you for free on, you know. Does, does Alicia ever say to you, sometimes I'll be like, act like I'm not your wife. Act like I'm your friend that is reading with you. Act uh, like I'm not I, your wife. I feel like that just goes without saying in my whole marriage. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Act like I'm not. So we, we want to get into some questions here. And just like Chris, you'll be chivalrous and Jenny will go first. And we have hopefully seasoned actors listening, but also young actors who are wondering what it's like to be a working actor, how to get into the business, that kind of thing. So, Jenny, we're we're wondering how you got started. Um, I got started in in way less of a fancy circumstance than than Chris did because I was really from this Chris Chris here, not this Chris, but because yeah. I was not from any kind of artistic family at all. But I I kind of was in dance school very young, and just quickly kind of became, uh, fell in love with seeing some, a Girl Scout, fellow Girl Scout did a play, The Miracle Worker. And I was like, what the hell is this? And how do I do this? Uh-huh. I think that was the first play I saw. And then uh, I was, I lived in Ohio then. I grew up in, I was born, I grew up in Ohio for a little bit. And then just was determined to figure this thing out. And I, I would read the paper. I, I, I don't know what that was about. That was just a thing I did. And I found these auditions for a community theater production of Wizard of Oz and auditioned and did that. So that was kind of how I fell in love and was just like, I'm going to be an actor when I was eight. And that was it. So I just did the whole undergrad thing and then the grad school thing. Cause by then I was in Rhode Island. I had skipped a year of high school because I wanted to be an actress so bad. And just, I just had to get to it. And I didn't know of any other way to get to it than to like go to school. Cause I didn't know anybody. There's nobody in my family. Hmm. It was really just like, how do I, how how does this happen? How you know? There's no internet. It's in the before. It's in the olden days. So I was a backstage scourer. I was a Ross reports. You know, looking at that, I, I was in Rhode Island. So the Boston market was where I got my professional start and got my cards. 
my first union cards. I ended up training at Trinity Rep for my MFA and then stayed on as a company member there for a little bit. And that was amazing because it was the first time I was with professional actors and they were very much like, you're young, you're, we're going to adopt you. You're Mm. one of our kids now, which is still true. I'm still very close to Mm. a company and, and the company members and my teachers from that time. So I feel like I was kind of raised in like an old school rep theater environment that, you know, doesn't really exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Theaters have it. And then had to kind of figure out the New York scene, you know, thrown into that pond. I mean, I chose to, I had to get out of Rhode Island. It's small. Right. So that was kind of my, that was, that was, that's the origin story. I like it. I like that story. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to get out of the business and you were trying to figure out how to get into the business. <laughs> we had social media back then. Yeah. Jenny, tell us something. We have a lot of listeners that are like David said, that are just beginning. Tell us something maybe that you, that you know now that you wish you had known mm. when you started. Yeah, I I think that this was said to me, but you know how it's like everything, you kind of have to hear things a lot to really, you know, to grow up a little bit sometimes, have them mm-hmm. sink in. But um, one of our incredible actors from our company is an actor, Richard Jenkins, who's just a genius, beautiful mm-hmm. actor and a beautiful person. He and his wife, she's an amazing choreographer. And when I decided to leave the company, which was not a, which was a little controversial because people, you know, didn't always leave. He had, he had run the company also, and then did a lot of different stuff. And I told him, I was like, Dick, I'm thinking of doing this. Is this crazy? And he said, well, of course you must, you have to go and you have to like fly the nest. He goes, and remember, you've never been to New York. No one's ever met you. Mm. You're the only you. So Mm. you're just going to go and be yourself. And it was very beautiful in the moment. I was like, I know what everything means, but he was so right in all the profound and actually super shallow ways of like what you look like, what you sound like, what you're good at and what you're not good at and you don't want to do. And I wish I had applied that sooner because I'm Mm. better at applying it now. Again, I don't know if that's time and experience, but I encourage my own students to kind of know that they're the only one. I mean, it's so simple, right? It's very free to be you and me, but it's true. There is no other you and there won't ever be. So the more you dig in and find out those things that you can bring to something and and your likes and dislikes, because everything is not for you. And that's one thing too. I kind of did know that early, like everything is not for me and I'm mm. not right for everything. And that's yeah. all right. Well, We're you know, that's a lot. That's a, that's a really good piece of advice. And I want, you know, Jenny, we heard you say you're students. And so we'll, we'll ask you about that. But Jenny teaches and is a spectacular teacher as well. But that's such a great thing to remember. You know, we still say now, uh, my wife and I and friends and I still say like, you, either the part's meant to be for you or it's meant to be for someone else. And you can't try to be that other person or be what they want you to be. You either get it or you don't. It's either for you or for someone else and move on. That's yeah. it. And that that's another good point is you're the only you that's like you. That's I wish it's I knew very that freeing, too. isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I wish I had known that a long time ago. And and you never know where your career is going to take you. I mean, you never you know, you that's easy for you to say now, right? You didn't ever expect to be on Broadway, you didn't expect to be, you know, performing on the West End in London with Matthew Perry. I mean, you know, you you've had some amazing amazing jobs, amazing experiences and it's those it's that experience that that I think brings all of us to a place of, oh, I here's some wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. It is even when going back to self tapes, even when you're like 
you get something and you're like, oh, this is, I know exactly what to do. I know what to wear. I know what this person is. Instead of like, what do they, what do they want? Maybe I can try and second guess what they want and kind of knowing that they won't know what they want till they see it. And all you can do is do your thing at it. And I mean, say the words, don't make up words, but do the thing and, and do it in your own particular way. And it's either going to be for them or it's not. Very freeing. It saves time too, actually. But then you don't have to do, you know, 10 takes, (laughs) you know, because you realize you just do one take that you like, you know, and you trust that. Like, here it is. Yeah, this is me. This This is me. me. And it it ain't going to get much better than that. She's very good at, at just... And, you know, just not not overthinking it in a way that there is no perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They trust that if it's supposed to be, it is. Yeah. And with 22 hours of notice, I mean, really now. Oh, yeah. And I love when they send you when they send you 10 pages or 11 pages with, you know, Mm -hmm. 24 hours notice. And and Mm -hmm. it's like, guys, come on. So you just, you know, Chris Coffey, do you want to throw anything out there that you wish you had known when you were first starting out that you? you Well, you know, when when I was starting out, it it was kind of early 90s era. It it was not necessarily looked positively upon, at least in my circles, if you had sort of too many hyphens next to your name. Mm. You know, if you were an actor, producer, director, writer, it's like, okay, that means you're actually nothing, which I think is quite different these days. And I think, you know, obviously there were companies like Steppenwolf and other companies where it really was like people would rotate Mm -hmm. as artistic directors and writers and actors and directors. And, but that wasn't my circle. And Mm -hmm. I wish that as a young actor, I had much, a, a much more, a much better understanding of diversification uh, in the long run yeah as opposed to just feeling like i'm an actor and that's what i do and i'm going to pursue this and you know the second i try to look outside of that box it gets watered down somehow i think that was the my mentality for a long time it took me a long time to learn that diversification is super key to the marathon that we're on here yeah and it, it's yeah. it, it's inevitable, and it serves it served me so well once I sort of embraced that. Yeah, that's yep. great advice. Great yeah. advice. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Did you, and, and that's not something they taught you at Yale. Am I right that you went to the Yale School of Drama? I did. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I did indeed. Um, and studied with Chris. Uh, you, you had mentioned Earl Gister. Uh, yeah. Earl David, was, David Hammond and Earl Gister. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Earl was my, you know, one of my great mentors for sure. But it took me a while to get there. I was I'd come to New York, gone to Circle in the Square, studied 
under some teachers here in the city prior to going to Yale. But I, it was a really good, sorry about the cat. <laughs> are literally going nuts. They really like your voices, I think. They're really responding to your vibe. I love it. But yeah, they, you know, I, I, I would say that no, to be quite honest, Yale did not sort of embrace that idea. I mean, it was there as a, as an option for people if they wanted to pursue it on their own, they could Mm. get involved with the Yale cabaret and they could direct and they could, you know, write and explore in that way. But it wasn't, it was definitely like one of those optional things that if you were as busy as I was, which was, I did like 28 shows in three years. Mm. I didn't, I didn't have the time or energy to really commit myself to to pursuing other hats yeah. away. Yeah. And I would, I mean, it's interesting. I, I spent a summer at the Yale cabaret oh. and I did seven shows in eight weeks Wow. And I was so grateful because we did get to rotate and wear all the different hats. So although I was an actor in the shows, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, the front of house manager. Then I was the assistant lighting, assistant lighting designer, then assistant set decorator. Then, um, and we, we circled around assistant director, assistant choreographer. So we were working with amazing, amazing amazing Yale grad students and learned a lot from them, but we did get a chance to do everything. And I also was discouraged from being a producer or a writer or a hyphenate when I was starting out. And now I, I can honestly say, having produced a couple feature films, I wish I had started that earlier. I don't love producing because it's really, really hard work. I like when someone says, here, say these lines, be funny. But, <laughs> but it is an interesting thing, I think, for people to hear, hey, today, if you want to make your own work, create your own content, you, you can be doing that and be an actor you could be writing, you could be directing, you can do it all, all at once, for sure. And of course, and of course, today's technology offers so much we didn't have, which yeah. is is such a huge bonus. And I, I, I kind of envy young actors who are so savvy with all the technology available and, and just, you know, creating movies on the side and just kind of mm-hmm. doing stuff from the ground up at a very early age and just embracing that. From from the get go, it's yeah. Yeah, these kids that are you know fourteen years old have watched you know hundreds of times of movies. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. That yeah. we have yeah. watched at, at that age. You know, yeah. the ability they have to, access to everything. Access to everything. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I remember, you know, we were just talking about origin stories, and you no, know, I I thought I was going to go into um, broadcast journalism. I, my first job, actually, our our weird connection is that. Jen and I both got our start in the Boston market, a small a small community of thriving theaters. Yeah. And there was a lot of commercial work and a lot of films and TV that were going through there at the time and, and still and still there, of course. But, you know, I, I really just wanted to I was so fascinated with telling stories. And I finally kind of did a play as an actor for the first time. I had not studied it. Yeah, as a young as a young person or in school in any way, really, I did some small parts and plays in high school, but it wasn't something I ever thought of pursuing as a career. But I really wanted to tell stories. And then finally, I jumped into a play and I thought, oh, my God, there's the missing link. I actually get to step into the shoes of somebody outside of my world and investigate how they live and how they tick as opposed to sort of sticking a microphone in their face and asking them questions. Yeah. I was able to ask myself right. how I would relate to the world. Like now. kind of like we're doing right now. 
That's right. Well, that's, a, that's a good transition into another question I have for you, for yeah. either of you, yeah. which is, you know, sharing a story of a positive experience that either of you had working with another actor or director on one of the, you know, recent jobs you had. Sure. We don't do dirt on confessions of a working actor. We do positive. We do like tell us, like it. Yeah, no, clean tell dirt. us the good stuff. Yeah, clean well, tell dirt. us the inspire. We want to hear the inspiring stuff where someone said something surprising or you know. Go ahead, Jenny. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like I've been really lucky to kind of avoid some situations that I maybe didn't want to be in. You know, getting some warnings from people. You know, the networks that go through. And so in terms of getting to do extraordinary work with people who people might know or that might know of, and, and one of the, it's not super recent, but I, that comes to mind. And that is, is I did a little bit of um, work on this film called Nostalgia by Mark Pellington. And my scenes were with Nick Offerman and Ellen Burstyn. Mm. And I was so like, oh my God, this is like, you know, legendary, you know, how you do when you like get to meet the people in that way. And it was such a lovely set. It was an independent film. And by independent film, I don't mean like it didn't have any money. You know how, what I mean. When it feels crazy and they're just the money. It was an independent film set. Like they wanted to do the story this way. Everybody was calm. It was a great set. Script was great. And I was like, oh, everyone, this is so organized <laughs> and easy. And then as usual, you build up that thing and you get nervous or whatever. And you sit down and then you look opposite the eyes of someone who is not just famous and acclaimed, but literally can do the thing. Mm. And you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is listen, right? When you're working with Ellen Burstyn, you just go, oh, right, she's brilliant. And if I just look at her and listen and just do my job, I don't have to worry about anything because we're in great hands here. As long as I don't screw anything up, we're in great hands. And mm -hmm. and I feel like that to me was a re reiteration of like mm. the craft. Mm whether you're famous or not famous, trophies or not. I was like, oh, this is, this is, I'm in the presence of. Jenny, I love hearing stories like that. And I remember I worked with Eli Wallach for a long time. Mm. He, became, he became a dear friend, sort of a surrogate grandfather right. to me. You guys did the play, right? And he, yeah, and he, and he used to say, when we were doing Visiting Mr. Green, even in the early days, he, he used to say, if you get stuck, just look in my eyes. If you ever get stuck, you just just look me right in the eyes. That's all you're going to need. I'll be there, and then you'll know where you are, and you'll know who you are, and you know what's happening between us. Oh, that's and, and there was never a time over almost a year and a half that we did a two-character play, eight shows wow. a week. There was never a time where when I was stuck or lost or sometimes bored or mm -hmm. you know whatever, where I didn't look him in the eye or he didn't look me in the eye, and we were like right back. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. That's a really good, oh. it's a really good reminder. What the first the first TV job I got out of Yale was with Law and Order, of yeah. course. And I know a lot of actors have told this similar story, but it was of course opposite Jerry Orbach. Oh. Mm. Uh, I I will say uh, maybe I'll give you a little dirt and a little a yes little that's really story. okay I, I didn't it's mean a combination it. I didn't mean we don't do any dirt I mean you know yeah. <laughs> no but it, like, but it's a it's a lesson in contrasts really my first job with Jerry Orbach was just such a wonderful experience and I just felt so connected to him and he treated me like a series regular even though I'm there for a couple of days and talked to me and asked me about who I was and my story and welcomed me in the in the HMU trailer and mm. all the stuff where you're just like, oh, this is how TV is. This is amazing. <laughs> and you don't realize how just the generous spirit that he was until you start getting on other sets and 
you know, the dirt part of the story is you get on another law and order show and you're like, oh, there's oh. the polar opposite of generosity. And there's some cruelty happening here. And I've never seen anything like this on set. And yeah. So you appreciate those moments even more so uh, looking back on it. But Jerry Orbach, of course, and uh, I've heard the story many times from other people. I know. He was that he just was was one of those guys. So, you you know, in turn, the more I work in front of the camera and and, and dealing with, you know, or, or meeting new young actors, I always try to emulate Jerry Orbach. Oh, you know, mm. yeah. You know, just open your heart to them. Mm. They, they're they're there for a couple of days. It's it's a scary thing. They're they're yeah. alone. They're they're you know they don't know yeah. what the energy of the set is like. So you're yeah. you're trying to give them the best experience. I like that. I feel like that is what I kind of believe. Like those of I think we're all you know kind of in the same demographic of age group where we're like right in the middle, you know, we have our olders that are elder, beautiful ones that we got to learn from. And then we have this whole new generation behind us and speaking to the, not to be precious about it. Cause it, it's not actually the word craft. Isn't that precious. It's a, it's like a, it's a trades, you know what I mean? Like it's a real craft and it is something that is passed down and it is something that is taught in person. You can't just read about how to act and then know how mm. to do it. And that is the magic to me. That is the secret sauce and also what can be missing so often and can create, you know, whether it's the it's antagonistic or whether it's just not there. Mm. And that's no, that's when I, I don't enjoy, I'm like, oh, wow, we're really just telling stories. If we can't yeah. move forward with the generosity and um, acknowledgement of that. You know. My father used to say to me, he goes, you better treat the craft service person with the same respect that you treat the director or another mm -hmm. actor or, you know, the grip or because everybody is making this work. No yeah. one person is making mm -hmm. this work. We're all here. They're all here for you, maybe, uh, to get uh -huh. this on on film. But, you know, we actually have a special segment that we do with all our guests. And this is your Worst audition story ever. <laughs> we were both. Re we were. <laughs> and, and it's were you, and, and it was ready for that. It's not a self tape that you just did. No. At, <laughs> at, at home. Any of those. But can you can you give us who's going to go first? I've got a. He's got a really good. I've got a, I've got a, I got a pretty classic one. That All I right, Chris. All right, Chris. Go, go for it. It's it's definitely of a, of a moment in time. But this was probably circa early aughts. And I was doing a, an audition at a small downtown theater. Uh, it, very respected. I mean, it was Rattlestick. It's a great space. Great sure. theater. Great, great history. Of course, I wanted to work there. I don't remember the play. I don't remember the director. I have no memory of what this project was. But It was good. It was but a play. It, I, I really wanted the Yeah, I, I loved the play. I loved the role. And they were like, okay, well, the director's in London, so you're going to come to the Rattlestick and we're going to Skype you in. And of course, you may remember Skype circa, <laughs> you know, 2002. It was probably more like 2007 yeah. or 2008. Yeah. It was a little Maybe. bit longer, but it was still terrible. It was still terrible. Right. Right. But he, but so they had an intern or somebody follow me around on stage with a laptop. Wait, Jenny's literally falling out of the frame with laughter when he, right when now. When he came home, he was so pissed. He's like, you will not believe how All right, tell us, tell us. All right, tell was. us. Tell, no, tell it just, us. you know, of course so there's. stage. It's a theater audition. It's right. a theater audition. And yet there's a, a, 
a delay, of course, a Uh-oh. sound delay. And of course, there's glitches in the video. So this intern is sort of following me around on stage with their laptop as I'm like, you know, acting this scene. And there's another person reading. But it was there was a lot of movement, so there was, <laughs> I was kind of bouncing around. It was an empty stage, so I, I felt free to do use it. Use the space. Yeah, I think they were like, "Use the space, and we'll just follow you around." I'm like, "Okay, oh. great." And of course, the director's like, "Okay," and you know, I'd stop the audition, and there'd be complete silence, and then we'd have to like reboot the thing. <laughs> and there was about uh, it felt like an eternity, like a like, oh. like just the most absurd example of of not being in the moment when you're trying to desperately. I do love that. that. Yeah. Um, and it's not like you even have you can recover from your shame in your living room like now when you have a bad Zoom audition. Right. You can just be like, all right. You know, that's true. You yeah. had to be you were like in the you were with the whole staff except the director. So you couldn't even you couldn't even yeah. have that like. At least the privacy that's outside the box. That's true. Oh, if I could look ahead. This full 15, body 3D shame. If I could I look 15 it. years ahead and be like, your life is going to be on Zoom. You know? <laughs> you should, yeah. Let me tell you what Zoom is. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Jenny, can you top that? What do you got? I think that, that I mean, that's really good. I, I do have a weird secret in that I actually really like auditions. I love to audition. I love going. It's like a weird thing. It's just something I love. Once I decide, we're going to add in a spooky sound effect or something, right? When you said I love auditions, we're going to we're going to okay. yeah. I know that's really weird. I and I will say that I think I've blocked the most humiliating ones out. But I so mm. if we're going to do like dirt, dirt, I'll do my dirt, dirt one because I've got a lot of like weird ones. Like Edward Alvey told me not to wear shoes, these certain shoes again. So I didn't, I got a call back, didn't get a part. Other ones, you know, like I have funny ones like that, that actually like either ended in me getting it or getting called back. So, but this one, actually this one wasn't over too, but this one was just one of those that was very frustrating in that it was a regional summer job. So like fun, but also like not a Broadway musical, which always entails those 10 auditions and callbacks and dance calls and musicals. This was a, a straight show for a summer gig. And I went in and I auditioned and then they switched me to another part. But they're like, can you come back for the callback for both parts? And I was like, sure, 25 pages. There was oh. one. It was an old coward. So I was like, but I do, I like auditioning and it was fun. British dialect, blah, blah, blah. So I come back in, I do it again. I audition for both parts. Super fun, great. They're like, great, great, great. I get a call from agents. They want you to come in for a third callback. And I was like, wow, this is like for 585 a week for six weeks. And I, with all respect, like this is a lot of auditioning and I have already done half the play. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. They want to see you act opposite the guy. So they had switched the fully to one part. There's only one part. Ah. So I walk in and I'm like, oh, there's the guy. There he is. So nice to meet him. And then a reader starts talking, starts doing the scene. And I'm like, oh. And I did the whole audition, basically like looking at the guy, the other actor who apparently was coming to judge me, not to read with me, coming oh. to, to just like oh. decide on me after two full auditions. Oh, my God. And, and I, I know that I must have looked insane because there was the reader who was like, you know, reading this part of this 40 year old guy, but like 22 years old. He was very good, very valiant, but not the part. So right. I was like. I was like, what's good? What's going on? <laughs> like looking and in my British and I was so cranky. Oh. I was really not. That was pretty. That's mad. pretty rough. Yeah, because you just wonder how much. 
How much? Right, right. I mean, really. I mean, I met, I auditioned for Woody Allen, and he and you can't see this visual, but I'm putting my hand in front of my face and I'm peeking through my fingers. And he said, "Tell him not to talk to me. Just have him look over there. Just don't, don't. He's not going to talk to me, is he? Don't let him talk to me." <laughs> and I and I did the whole audition, and I was like, all I was thinking with every line was, "You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy." Yeah. Oh my God, that's a that's a great worst audition story, Chris Rydell. How much time do we have? We have a little bit of time left. We for have our... three. We have three minutes. All right, so let's get into the, just a couple words. You got to distill it down, guys. The two of you need to distill down. This is our last segment. Right. Best piece of advice. So, although this could be a long story, we want you guys to just distill it down to to what you would say to young actors starting out or people who want to get to that next level. What is your best piece of advice? Always have comfortable shoes. Except not the ones Edward Albee told you to. Not, no, those, are, yes. Exactly. Okay. Always wear comfortable shoes. Have um, them, have them. You can audition in other ones, but always uh, have comfortable shoes. Have comfortable shoes, Jenny Mudge says, and Chris Coffey. Embrace your hyphenates. Embrace your hyphenates, which sounds like grittier it. than it is, but yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I mean... No, I, you know, I, I just, it goes back, goes back to the, that, that original thing. So yeah. Yeah. I really, yeah. really do want to impart that it, 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 the earlier you can sort of start expanding yourself and your creativity and not, mm. not confine yourself with labels, the better you'll be off in the big picture. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. I agree. I agree. So I just want to remind people listening this good advice comes from a guy who got to play Joe DiMaggio on Broadway in the Bronx Bombers. This good advice comes from a spectacular actress who was nominated for a Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Actress in a Play. You know, our guests are, they're giving of their time. They're coming on here to offer this good advice and they know of what they speak. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, guys. It was really great to thank, talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's been wonderful. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been another great 20 minutes with you, my friend. And you too, brother. It's been fun. Yeah, that was great. Cool. I thought that was awesome. All right, star, star that. That was terrific. And we got another great guest coming up next week, so be sure to tune in again to Confessions of a Working Actor. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.